Hey guys, Tyson Popplestone here from relaxrunning.com. Welcome back. This is uh, an awesome episode that I know is going to strike a chord with so many of you. I'm going to introduce that in just a sec, but if you didn't stop by last week, you wouldn't have heard that Relax Running has recently uh, launched its brand new distance running membership. This is this is such an awesome resource. Uh, I know a few of you have already jumped on board from last week. Uh, we're still giving out some good deals to, to get the party started. If you haven't heard of it, uh, the distance running membership that you can find at relaxrunning.com is it is what I wish I had when I was training to be a distance runner. It is essentially offering you the secrets of the best distance runners in the world. Uh, the even better news is that you get to dictate the questions that they answer. So uh, there's a ever-growing video library of uh, best marathon runners and distance runners answering your question about race day preparation, nutrition, recovery, um, uh, anything you can think of that's going to contribute to your performance, these elite athletes answer. Uh, every time we do a podcast, we sit down with some of the audience submitted questions, ask these guys what their perspective is. Just over time, it's becoming like, a, I'm trying to offer you guys a PhD in running performance. You can go there, you can get very specific information, then once you leave, apply it to your training. I know that when you have the chance to learn from the best in the business, it's going to radically change the way that you run. So I've already started watching through the library of this information and gone, man, this is this is good stuff. So we are offering a 50% discount to Relax Running Podcast listeners, um, and that price is going to remain the same forever, no matter how much the prices rise. If you enter the coupon code when you sign up, new members, you're going to save 50% on any of the options that you choose on, and that is going to be the same no matter how much content we get up there uh, no matter how much the price increases. So make sure you snap that up really quick. Uh, the resource library is only a tiny part of what you're going to find over there. There's a, It doesn't matter whether you're an elite runner or you're a brand new runner trying to figure out how to train for your first marathon or train for your first 10K or you've just got so many questions about you know, where to get started with running. Yeah, you're in the right spot. We are giving podcast members a chance to win a free membership as well. So if you want to go in the running to win a free membership, here's exactly what you've got to do. Jump onto iTunes. Leave us a five-star review to start with. Even even if you don't think we're worth five stars, just do it because it's nicer than four or three. But then leave us a comment. Leave us a little review. Tell us, tell the audience what you think about the podcast. What do you like? Who have you enjoyed? Uh, it, it helps us rate better on the podcast charts as well. And in return, hey, if we like it, we're going to be giving out a free membership. I'll announce that in the next week or two uh, when I catch up on Run Talk with the Guru. So if you're interested in that, make sure you're heading over, leave a review and a five-star, leave a rating and a five-star review. Does that make sense? You know what I'm trying to say. Just go to iTunes, leave a, a five-star review and a comment. Wow, that was I made that more difficult than it needed to be. Today, uh, awesome guest on the show. I, I met Ben Buckingham just uh, two Sundays ago. I went out to Eaglemont with a, with a, his running group and did an hour 40 with them and uh, smashed my PB for a long run in recent years. Ben's a world championship 3,000-metre steeplechaser. He's run... 8.27 for the 3K steeple. Uh, it's just 10 seconds or 11 seconds outside the Australian record. But I'm, I'm really excited to watch him this Olympic year. I, I think he's got some time up his sleeve. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good to pick his brain. What I, what I think you're going to like most about it, or what I really enjoyed about it, is the bloke's a full-time lawyer. So he works full-time as a lawyer in the city and then trains at uh, – he's training for the Olympics this year. So – uh, I often have people ask me, oh, how do you balance full-time work with, with training? And 
man, what a better bloke to what better bloke to speak to than a bloke who has he's doing it and he's doing it incredibly well. So we cover some great territory here. Um, uh, you're gonna have to forgive me that we record this podcast in a communal area at my apartment block, and today. There's a family having a barbecue outside, which is fine. You don't hear them for 98% of the podcast, but there's 2%, um, so about a minute worth, where people walk through the room and have a little bit of a chat. So we've got some guests on the show. One stage, I just got to point you out, I hope I sound like a nice bloke, an 88-year-old bloke goes to walk through and he trips over right in front of us. So I'm laughing because he was fine. He was he was completely fine. But um, it was a, until we get a private studio, you're going to have to deal with some of these little things. Uh, also, there's I'm still learning how not to go on massive tangents when I go on a conversation. So Ben's a, a really straight to the point, very clear guy. And uh, yeah, my random tangents have never been so cleared clear as what they are <laughs> sitting next to a bloke like this. Anyway, I'm getting out of the way. Let me introduce today's guest, the great man, the steeplechase king of Australia. He would hate that I called him that, but that's what he is in my eyes. It's Ben Buckingham. I reckon, but we I've got um, a confession. It was, dude, it was so funny. So actually the podcast that I'm recording What's today? It's it's Sunday the 1st of Feb today, hmm. so this isn't going to come out tomorrow, it's going to come out uh, Monday after. Oh, that's good, so I've got a week to forget I did this. That's always better. <laughs> um, the, the podcast that's going out tomorrow, uh, we recorded last Sunday after the run that I did with you, and obviously it was the first time that we had had a good chat, and I was I was telling uh, Maddie Williams, the podcast, like the, the co-host that's on here quite regularly, I was like, oh, I met up with um, uh, Steeplechase at Buckingham. It's like, crap, and I completely blanked on your name. So it's so funny that you're on this week. After last week, I was like, is it Sam? Is it uh, like, I was, so we just were referring to you as Bucks for the whole podcast Look, last week. That's what most of my running mates call me. That's, that's quite okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Just let it, uh, um, let it come just, out. Just keep rolling. Just, just, call, me, just call me Sam in podcast. <laughs> so who, um, who is part of your group? So I was out there last week and obviously there was a, I, I was, I was a little impressed with, uh, with the quality of athletes that I was out there with. Cause I've been, I've been doing a whole heap of my own sort of running just by myself as I was saying like I run from home around the 10 and last week when I rocked up saw yourself and Lukey Matthews and Maddie Clark and Sam McEntee and um but as a running fan I was I was I was in my element and uh, I think I got so carried away with the pace that I thought I was about to take up the marathon officially um but there's some great quality out there are they are they all part of the crew that you train with no we're all I mean the nice thing with a Sunday is you can just a lot of different groups can combine and that spot in, in Eaglemont is quite a nice spot for like, you know, some of them, like Scribo's group, like Lyndon was there, um, Luke, Luke and Sam, obviously. And then, um, like today, like like Ryan Gregson was there, Jen, myself, a couple of the Irish guys, like Sean Tobin, Paul Robinson, Joel Tobin White, a lot of um, the Melbourne Track Club guys that I train with on like three days a week. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a, it's a nice thing about Sunday. It's like the day to catch up with your mates and have a trot, but not necessarily with your standard um, squad. Yeah. Um, like one of my best mates, Sean Whitball, was having a good chat to him today, and you just. Just um, just having a hundred minute chat from on a Sunday. It's a great way to spend the time. How is Big Whipper going? I haven't. I honestly haven't spoken to him for years since I've found myself back in the running scene. Um, I've heard his name come up a lot more, and uh, like I know he's he's a bit of a mover and shaker when it comes to like the qualifications. And what is he? Is he an, an agent now to a few athletes? Yeah, or? no, because he, he's he works for Athletes Victoria. He does a fair bit of sort of media stuff himself on the side, and he's also um, come a qualified agent. Um, I mean, he's got um, he's got Brad Mathis at the moment, who, um, who just raced overseas in the um, in one of the indoor meets yeah. um, in Boston, New Balance, Ooh. and um, he's. I mean, we've been mates since like 2012, so it's been quite it was quite exciting. Both of us 
um, just getting to go overseas together uh, last year and um, just catch up in Doha and um, have a heap of good fun. Yeah, how old are you now? 28. 28, yeah, okay. And last year, I don't know, what, what was the year last year? Where was the World Champs? Last year, yeah. yeah. And that was the first World Champs. First first team I've made since like a mountain running as a junior. Man. Uh, about in like eight years before. That's incredible. And you busted, you've run at 827 for, for steeple, um, which is which is just unheard of. There's not many athletes. I'm always, I'm, I'm interested to pick your brains a little bit on this really soon because I'm, I'm always interested uh, in like the correlation between best times and the ability to get over steeples really well. And I want to pick your brain about training and stuff like that because uh, uh, I, I just find, I find that conversation a really interesting one, like how uh, someone like a, a Yusuf Abdi um, becomes such an incredible steeplechaser, Sean Crichton, um, and I know it's a, it's a real strong man's event, but uh, to, what, what were we talking about? We're talking about, oh, we're talking about Whipper. Um, so so how, did, how did you and Whipper start doing a little bit of work together? Uh, it's just, just, just as training mates. We yeah. just, so I'm my, um, like currently Nick Bideau, um you know, he's, he's managing and um, coaching me but for about ten years. Nick Bowden was um, who, um, and he he and Timmy O'Shaughnessy, and at the time Nicky Frey oh, used yeah. to combine their squads on a Tuesday night. And Whippy was a Nicky Frey. And this is back in like twenty twelve evenings, and we were just you know four forty five Tuesday night, just <laughs> um, just knocking out laps together. Um, Whippy always says that we were. I remember doing a session with him where um, he dropped me in it. And I went around eight twenty two um, the next like the Tuesday <laughs> afternoon twenty thirteen, and, and he always says like that was the moment that we um that we we ceased to do sessions together. <laughs> but what's um, he got around him? Like he would be he's a, he's a good athlete himself. He's right. I mean, he's, I remember the day he ran fifteen ten, um, yeah, and a five k. And um, I mean, Whippy. It's funny you mentioned Steeple because he um he had his Steeple debut in about twenty fourteen or so, and he ended up playing a season of soccer for the winter after the uh, after the experience. Well, has, so, he, has he got a little bit of European blood in him? He's a good-looking unit. So. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know when he's out quite on that bit of background. <laughs> but um, no, he's, he's a great mate. Yeah, beautiful. So uh, getting out there, honestly, I, I was, I was pretty keen to come and join you guys today. But as I said to you before we hit record, I think last week I got, a, I got a little bit excited because uh, the fastest that I'd averaged a, a sort of a long run over twenty k was about four thirty, and then last week we. We were smacking out the last few k's in about. Four, I say smacking out because to me, four minute k pace at that time was was smacking no, out. We, we were still rolling, like we were doing. I think I was looking at it today. We were still doing. You know, everything was in the three fifties for the last seven or eight k. Yeah, and is that is the whole group running together? Because I saw you mentioned Jen um, and uh, everyone who started out with you today. But I saw them. We were probably fifteen k into our run last week when we saw the group go past us. So do you sometimes do you start with? A different start point. So or no, I think I think, I think last week just a few different groups started at different times, and um, we started at eight thirty last week. Yep. And um, the others started at nine. Whereas today we got most of us started started at nine. But it's just um, oh no, it just seems like a good that that spot Yarra Flats Eaglemont. It's just a good spot for a for a long run. Yeah. And um yeah. and like we um I think different we did today was we sort of we turned, as I said we earlier we, we turned left and we came back through a few hills. Um, and um, amusingly watched Grego drop us up the hills, um, run back past us, and then like gather us up on the top, and then just keep doing that in all the hills. Oh, is that right? So he's um, he's, he's certainly um, he's he's, get, he's getting fit quick, mate. So what's that? That's just a strength training in in action. Well, it's just um, you know, he's just he's just getting fit. Yeah, um, and I'm watching him run away on the hills, just not stressing about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, mainly because we're racing um, racing Thursday. Is he racing as well? He's not, but um, like I, I am, and a few other guys in the group. Yeah. So uh, for for those of you who are overseas, we have got the the Victorian 
state 5k championships this Thursday night. National. Uh, national. National champs. Yeah, excuse me. Fire out national champ. That's right. And one of the hottest field. How many? We've got about 40 entrants in a couple of races. Yeah, so there's, um, there's I think it's 36 like we've made the for the blokes who've made the um, race and they'll have an A and a B race and the cutoff will be something like fourteen oh five. Yeah. Um they'll split the field in half. Yeah. Um I think I'm I'm seated like ninth, like a thirty fifty eight, so I've um, oh, I've just come on the right side of it. Awesome. There's gonna be some very good guys you miss, which is pretty good testament to the quality quality of the blokes raising at the moment. Um, and the girls field is much even is even better. Like there's like ten, I mean fourteen girls under fifteen forty. And like all the best girls have come over to do it, being Jess Hull, Lyndon Hall, Liz Duncan, and the like. So that's going to be the girls are going to be more excited than the, than the blokes. The blokes <laughs> will be um, will be Stewie, and then um, who else can um, who else can hang on? Well, who who do you think will be a big threat to Stewie? Is is Paddy Tiernan running? No, so no, like Paddy Tiernan's not running. Morgan McDonald isn't running. Uh, I mean, the other main guys, you know, like you know Sam McEntee, Jack Bruce. Um, I think he's a Japanese. And Sean Tobin, who's running very well. Just, what, what, did you mention him to me before? I did. He's, he's an Irish guy I trained with a bit last year overseas. Oh, I think like I saw June. someone uh, in MTC post a photo of him the other day. Is he a real white unit? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> red, red hair, red beard. He's, um, he's, a, he's a good bloke. So he's, what's um, he run? Uh, so he's run, you know, 30, 56 or 5K. Sure. Bet me by two seconds in the race he did that, oh. actually. And um, he's, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's either a sub four-minute mile or he's just four flat. He's run one forty seven. Like he's he's very legit, um, and he's um, he's just getting fit. So yeah, um, I, I should he'll, just, he'll be he'll be dangerous in the five k. Yeah, okay, it's going to be a great race. I'm really looking forward to it. I just I should just uh, we've got a few people uh, walking by in and around the room that we're in at the moment. So uh, we're recording this at an apartment block in Hawthorne, um, and we've got a, a the communal terrace on level nine is where we usually come and record these. So I came up this morning, and the big table that we usually sit at. Well, it's usually in the room next to the table that we sit at was taken. We've got about 15 people on the balcony. Quite a nice family barbecue in, in process. So if they, <laughs> yeah. they come through, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But they reckon, they reckon they're going to be making an appearance uh, at some stage through the podcast. And I think there are a couple of wines in, um, so it could be interesting. No, well, um, we'll, we'll, they might have a better chat than me, so we'll, we'll see how they go. <laughs> Mate, you're off to a good start. Um, so is, is anyone, do you think, going to be a big threat to Stu? Look... No, I think I think he's going to win it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all probably thought that last year when Guzman did beat him, but I think Stewie is, is head and shoulders above the rest right now. Yeah, okay. And, and what are you hoping to get around if you run well? Look, throwing PB and get under 13.58, I'd be, I'd be really happy. Um, I mean, the main thing is, I'm, I mean, this is going to come out after the race, so this will be this will be interesting. But I'm ranked ninth, and there's a big cluster of guys in that, you know, 13.50 to 14.10 bracket, and I just want to be at the front of that cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's um, just uh, just just try and beat as many as I can. Yeah. Okay. So what, like, uh, with the with the nationals next Thursday, um, what would you say? What kind of period of training are you in at the moment? So are you are you planning to go to Europe? Like, whereabouts yes. are you in? Yes. Sort of this is my first race of the season. Yeah. Um, which is so amusing because it's a national championship. It's my first race of the season. Uh, but that just, that just reflects that I had a year last year where I was going from November in my first 3K to October at World Champs. Mm-hmm. So this year I've almost had a winter from October to January where mm-hmm. I've just been doing training and this is my first race. And then Thursday week I'm doing a steeplechase in Canberra. Ooh. The Canberra track line's again. That'll be my first steeple. And yeah, that so- will that'll tell me a bit more how I'm going. So who, who have you got lined up there with you? I haven't, I haven't seen a list. I know there's a couple of good Japanese guys racing. Uh, I'm sure James Nipper also race. Who's um, he's run eight thirty two. He's very legit, but multiple national champion. Who was the best for a long time. And um, I'm sure a few of the Adelaide boys may join us. So I wait to see. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so okay. So, when when you're looking at your training period leading up to, to next this, Thursday, yeah. Sorry to the to the national five k. I'm interested just to pick your to pick your brain because I know there's a lot of different approaches that people take when it comes to a, a especially your first race of the season when it's like you're trying to you're, you're probably like training might be going well, but you're still trying to figure out exactly what kind of form you're in. Like, what's what's the sort of last? It's Sunday the the first of February second. Uh, Sunday the first, I think. Yeah, we're we're very early Feb. Um, so what you had twenty three k this morning. So I've had a normal. My last week's been one hundred and fifteen k normal week. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to do a, a tempo on Monday. So mm-hmm. I'll do a Monday session twenty minute threshold, and then I'm just going to jog with a few strides Tuesday, Wednesday, and race Thursday. Yeah. But that the taper is going to be in the last three days. Everything up to this was normal. Yeah, Maybe geez. Sunday was just a little bit slower. And what did you guys do yesterday? Were you out at Waddle Park? Yeah, Waddle Park, three laps, humid as hell. Well, it um, was humid we, um, yesterday, actually. We'll, we'll, we'll finish the warm-up and we're all um, like already shirts off. Like, it's hard <laughs> to struggle. And um, we, um, I wasn't as quick as the week before, but I was. I still had a pretty good session. Like, it's, you try and progress every lap, and I went like 8, 10, out of 3, out of 3. With like Paul Robinson and Joel Tobin White. Oh, nice. Um, we just have a nice little, um, little B group, just leaving Stewie and Geordie and everyone else on the front. Oh, Geordie, Geordie was up the front, was he? Yep. Mate, uh-huh. he's not mucking around. So did he won the 3K at... Um, uh, he, won the, he won the 800. I did, what, did he, what did he get around him? I think he ran 149. Yes. Uh, ish. Uh, maybe 148. He's gone great over the distance at the moment. Like, I've been so impressed. I know, like, he's, he was on the podcast in the early days, and I, I know he was always a good... Um, he was always great over the, like, the, the really short stuff, 8, 15. Uh, but I've been so impressed to watch a bloke like that just take it up. Even uh, was it Bernie that he won? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean he, um, he, cleaned, he cleaned up on all the road races. Um, Again, like for example, he kept knocking off Jack Bruce, who's very legit. So he was. Um, now Geordie had a very nice little um, little October to December, just um, cleaning up on the roads. Yeah, well Bruce, because he's in form. Like, didn't he run twenty eight seventeen or nineteen or something? I love, that's a Jack Bruce run. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's that effect. Because I would love to say I saw. I actually I saw Geordie's name down on the start list for that effect. And uh, I was thinking, mate, this is going to be great to, to watch. And I texted him because we were about to do a podcast. I said, mate, like, yeah, yeah, are you actually racing or are you just doing pace? And he got back going, nah, just pace. And I was, I was shattered because I, I would have loved to have seen in a race like that what he, uh, what he would have got around it. Why, uh, why didn't you run Zatapec? Just, just too early. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that was, I think, um, like, Nick Bell had vaguely mentioned to me I might be pacing with him myself, but I was very happy when, I was, um, when, that, when that call didn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very impressed with Brett. With Brett, I'm talking to Whippy about Brett after that. The way he, he did look fit yet, but he just he just mentally just killed himself to give to give the first three k. That was very it was very impressive to see. When you say he wasn't at fit at well, that he, stage, I mean just run a marathon. He was just coming back. Yeah, and I um, mean he just just got out there and got it done. He was um, telling me he um, what marathon was that he ran? New York. Yes, and then he was saying was it after New York between New York and Zatapec that he ran a 10k PB. I don't know. If I, I missed it if that, if that happened. Because I, 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 I was actually having a chat to him before Zatapec, and I, I swear that's what he said, and it blew my mind. It blew my mind that he, um, if that's true, like I might be, I might have completely misunderstood what he was saying. But uh, um, what, so he wasn't necessarily in the, the best shape. His legs were just a bit flat, still trying to recover from. Yeah, and he just, um, just got it done. Very, very, very impressive. But yeah. he's, I mean, I, do, I remember doing a session with, with all the boys in Europe in, in May last year. And um and we and we had uh, I mean, the session was fucked. It was like 10, 10, 10 by two hundred in, in thirty off thirty. Yeah. Um, put your, oh. put, just to soften you up, not not knowing what's next. Put put your spikes on. Um, and as a side note, me and Rainer didn't have our spikes that day. And um and then put one k as part of like time trial as quick as you could. And Brett ran two twenty one like six no, weeks after the London Marathon, which is 
Wait, two twenty one for the one k yeah. time trial after ten by two hundred. Yeah, and then uh, then it was ten by six hundred um, in like <sighs> seven. I don't remember. I don't remember the splits of them, and I got to about six of the six hundreds, and I was in a, I was just in a world of pain. Oh, but um, but that that was a uh, that was one of the um one of, one of the sessions Nick gave us that was 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 quite cooked. But I just remember Brett doing that after the um after London Marathon it was incredibly impressive. But what's two twenty one pace for eight hundred? What do you go through eight hundred into? Sorry to put you on the spot here. Well, you're um you're nine seconds you're nine seconds so that's one fifty one to one fifty three. Oh my gosh, one fifty three, and then hold that pace for another two hundred meters. And then go out and good luck with your ten by six. Uh, well, um, yeah, it was like I said, it was, it was pretty cooked. <laughs> Some of the sessions that um, that I've heard about, like one of the most impressive sessions that I think I've ever seen was was I only saw Jack Rayner post about it, but I heard that um, I think someone posted about it on behalf of Jack Rayner. But I heard Brett Robinson was in the session. It was like three weeks out from the the New York Marathon. Yeah, I, do you remember I, the session? Because I can't quite. I don't, but I remember. Um... I remember a few people talking about something, something pretty incredible they did, where it might have been 40k of running at a pretty, with, with an average pretty incredible. Um, but I mean, some of the marathon stuff those guys do when they're just in their bill is, um, I mean, I, I've never done marathon training, so I don't really understand it, but it's, it's pretty incredible. Like they do all like their, like several by 10k's or several by 5k's and just, just keep, just keep building the amount of, of race pace work they do. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. I think when you look at sessions like that as well, I know I know both the boys didn't have the the best possible run at the uh, at the New York Marathon in terms of their result. They they really laid themselves on the line. But you just you think when you look at the quality of training that's going into it, if they nail it, it's it's going to be exciting just to to be able to see exactly what they do. No, definitely. So we'll uh, get our first guest just walking. Yeah, through. We were just saying before, it's going to be interesting to find out exactly when our first guest comes through. We've got her. Um, she's been very quiet, very polite. We were saying before we were trying to explain to the uh, the audience that we've got a family out there. They're going to be coming through from time to time. All right. Um, yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Good. So I'm only interrupting audio, not the. It's, not yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, right. We record this place. Good looking head at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't let us stop you. Alrighty. Oh, uh, okay. Awesome. Oh. oh yeah. No. No worries. No worries. We'll give you a big shout out. <laughs> Oh, the poor thing. I think she got flustered as she walked out. She just tripped over the doorstep. No, I wasn't, wasn't expecting it. But, uh, no. um, what were we talking about? Ah, oh, the quality of yeah, just, those, just sessions. Just, um, yeah, mate. One thing I wanted to pick your brain about as well, which I was I was really interested in, and I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to the audio who were um, interested as well. I was I was really impressed last week. You were telling me so. You pretty much you're a lawyer by by trade. Um, how do you go? So obviously you, you represented Australia World Champs last year. You also work in pretty much full time as a lawyer. Like how do how do you go with that balance? It's something that a lot of elite athletes, I guess, wouldn't have to deal with. Well, you just—I mean—you just sort of figure out what you can handle, um, and and you sort of structure training and life accordingly. So, and, and I mean, I think the, I mean I actually I wrote an article on this back in um, back in February, um, sort of just on how on how you fit it together. And I think the key thing when I wrote that and like reflected on it, the key thing is. Just how much, um, like, just identifying your stress levels and identifying when you need to adapt things because of how you're tracking, and not sort of being too, too stubborn to say this is what I'm doing, this is the program, and I'm going to do exactly what it says on paper, and not and not adapt that based on you know if you've had a horrific week at work, your Saturday session might be going to suffer, or um, sort of like no, and like having backups to know when. I say, it's, for example, you've got a Thursday night threshold. Um, you have a really hectic day at work. Do you? You get out late. Do you still do the threshold? Do you? And but do you just do it a little bit slower? If you're a bit cooked, 
do you just turn into a seven-minute run with the kick down? Do you just cut the run in half? Or do you even just take the day off and don't get up to like eight, nine o'clock? So it's just knowing, like, I guess the hardest thing is just not stressing about adapting stuff um, when, 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 when work's been too cooked. Mm, okay, and is that something that would have taken you a little bit of while to, to yeah. measure? Because I think by, um, I don't want to chuck you in the, uh, in the generalisation basket, but I think when you look at distance runners, there's, there's almost an obsessive component that comes with the training. And, and I guess anyone, it's not just, it's the same in the comedy scene that I found myself in the last couple of years, is that when you really want to improve naturally, you want to make sure that you're ticking every box you possibly can. And I think, I know myself, when I was, when I was competing, at a high level, one of the things that I struggled with was exactly what you were just speaking about. Then, like, if the if the session um, was was on paper and I wasn't hitting it because I was tired or I had a big day at work or I was, you know, had other things in my life that was going on, I always found it really difficult to be able to be disciplined enough to actually adjust the session. Because uh, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, "Oh, far am I? Am I actually? Am I just being soft? Like, is that so? so how have you navigated that sort of territory? Like, well, I mean, essentially, I've got injured a couple of times and. And identified why I got injured. It was usually because I was just had too much on, or I was just too tired. And trying to then um, recognise those signs earlier on, so you can just adapt things before you get cooked. Um, like I remember, um, I remember in my first year of work, twenty seventeen, and I'd um, like I started work and I nationals in six weeks. So I was you know very stubborn, like I want to do exactly what's on paper. Mm. And I um, and I remember I got to like the middle of the winter, and I remember one day I. I think I had something on that evening. It was a Thursday, but I um I still I still wanted to run twice. Mm. So I um I did the full threshold in the morning, like eighteen k, like nine k at tempo. Um, you know, like started at six fifteen, and um you know lunchtime rolled around, and I thought, well, that's not my double now. And, and like and like at the time, like you rationalise in your head, you say, well, I'm not trying at nine thirty, I'm not trying at five thirty. This is just like going for a double at four thirty. It's still like. Seven hours apart, this will be fine. <laughs> and I remember went for the double at like one or two and you know, felt fine. And shockingly, I shockingly I had a stressy, like, oh. uh, you know, like a little, 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 um, little bit of bone stress in my foot a, um, a week or so later. And I'm not saying that did it, but I think when you, when you start doing things like that repeatedly, you're just raising the risk level. And, um, and, and it's, and like the hardest thing in that, in that moment is just saying, well, I've got something on. I'm going to miss my double run, don't stress. Mm-hmm. Like on, on Monday two weeks ago, I, I had a really hectic day at work and I'd planned to run, to run after work. I didn't get out of work late 30. And I just said, I was pouring with rain and I, and I was I was very tempted to run home. And I just said, if anyone else asked me, should I run? I'd tell them no. Mm. Just just miss your Monday, don't stress. I had a good session Tuesday. I ran 106K for the week with a, missing a day. Just don't, don't stress about it. Yeah, I think that's the best attitude no. you can possibly but have. It's the hardest thing to learn to yes. teach yourself, but it's just not... I think it's a real hard thing in the transition to work because you go from being able to do everything from being able to, like, I run twice a day, I do this, I do that, and then coming to an environment when you don't always have control over your day. So you can't always guarantee you'll be able to run mm. and just being able to, if you miss stuff, not stress about it. And you, you can't, it obviously, if, if you're at a job where you're constantly missing stuff, well, the job's probably not going to work with running. But if, but if, it's, if it's only occasionally, you can, you can definitely deal with it and adapt if you just don't... Um, you know, don't beat yourself up or try and make up for the occasional missed, you know, bit of running or gym. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point that you just made in terms of trying to make it up. So uh, a lot of people in that Monday situation go, okay, I've missed out on a Monday run. What I'll do, I'll chuck in an hour. Well, I, did, I, did, well, I did run twice on Tuesday. 
Tuesday. So I mean, I probably, <laughs> yeah. I probably did. Um, I, but Tuesday's your day off work, isn't it? Uh, so I, I've now gone. I've gone to four day weeks after World Champs, yep. which is just from from October to uh, April. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, I'm going on unpaid leave for four or five months to try and make the Olympic team. Yeah. So um, what do you need to run? You need to run eight twenty two. I'm going to get under eight twenty two um, and win nationals to automatically guarantee a spot. And I've run eight twenty seven, or I can qualifying points, in which case I pretty much have to run sub 8.30 somewhere at a meet which has um, a, a degree of points. Because mm. the, the, the race, because like, if you know how the point system works, um, si- simply it's an aggregate in the steeple, it's an aggregate of your three best races, like quality of race and, um, and time you run. And, the, and it has to have been done the last nine months. And the, I'm, I'm going to lose one race. Of, like, of my current best three, I'm going to lose one, which is an 8.31 of a race I won in Sweden. So if I, if I run a comparative result at a reasonable size meet, mm-hmm. I will have a good chance of going on points. Great. But the only guarantee is run the time. Sure, sure. So you have to run that time. Um, at, when you ran 8.27, like, you, you feel like you've got a little bit of time up your sleeve that you can, that you can knock off? We're going to find out. Like yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I think, I think so because I, I think I've certainly I've gotten fitter than then. I've, um, I've done another year's training. Um, it was. I did have when I ran the time. It was a. It was like a perfect night in, in Zagreb in Croatia when when I was in a world challenge like level below the Diamond League, and I just I just had I just got to sit in until a lap to go mm-hmm. that um, on on pace, and then and then just kick home past a lot bunch of guys and come fourth. So it was it was just a race that everything sort of went went perfectly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so a lot of it is in the steeple. A lot of it is just um, just getting the race right because it, it's not a race where you can really back time early. It's definitely a race where if you've got momentum late, you really can take, you know, five, ten seconds off your overall time because you can close in, you know, 64 seconds like you did that night. It's so much better than closing in 75 or 80 seconds when you're completely cooked. Yeah, it's um, a, at the end. It's almost like that marathon strength. When you when you speak about it, it sounds like the way people would explain running a perfect marathon is you know don't 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 run it like I did a year and a half ago. We go in an hour nineteen, come home in an hour forty six. It's, it's, it's the hard way to do it. Um, and I mean, like you're asking. I mean, anyone who wants to be in the steeplechase, like you just need to run a lot of them for a couple of years just to get a feel for it. And I, I remember having when I was like a like a nine ten steeplechaser having many nationals where we go out in 255 and I was just in a world of pain. Um, like one, of my, one of my best mates I trained with, Toby O'Brien, he's, a, um, he's actually just started as a doctor, so he's, we're doing less together. But he, um, the one nationals where he should have beaten me, I got dropped with a mile to go and I was on my, I was on my own between like the best group and like the, the B-grade boys for about two laps. And he, he caught me with 300 to go, went past me, put about 20 metres into me and I, and I was gone for all money. And I got to the last steeple. I thought, oh, I could get him. And I got him on the line. And, and to this day, he said, oh, I hate you. Uh, and that was his day to beat me. Oh, no. And he hasn't got you? No, no. Oh, that's so good. That's so funny. Um, I don't want to move too far away from, from this lawyer talk just for a sec because um, I, I just find it so fascinating. I don't think there'd be many, uh, uh, many people in your position who's uh, you know, one of the elite athletes in the country and, and competing against the best athletes in the world who are still managing like a, a full time a full time training load on top of pretty much or close to a, a full time workload was that was that something that was was difficult uh, for you to make that decision that you were going to go into full time work have you flirted with the idea of um, you know going down to if, if it was an option one or two days or, or or no days for the next couple of years just to focus on your running or do you feel like that balance I know Stewie was saying to me that just him being on his work placement um, as a teacher 
was was actually great for him because he didn't just sit around the house thinking about training or running all day. It was actually a, a nice way to break up training, which I think is, especially uh, in the elite scene, it's quite a rare sort of mindset to have. You, you almost feel like you have to be 100% in or, you know, it's not going to work. But a bloke like yourself, he's, he's proven that sort of theory wrong. Well, I mean, there's, there's a bit to unpack there. I mean, I... I quite like just, I really, I mean, I think the key thing is you need to be happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've got, I've got, I'm working in a top tier firm where I'm doing quite interesting work. Um, and I'm also at a main Australian team. Like, I'm very happy with how it's going. If you're spending your whole time at work thinking, I wish I wasn't working, I wish I was just running, well, it's probably not going to work for you. So, it's probably your mental state is, is key and how it's fitting together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to taking time off and just running, when everyone wants to run full time, um, practically, financially, you know, um, even just, just career progression-wise, that isn't always feasible. And I'm, I'm fortunate I've got a really supportive um, employer like Minter Ellison who are who have been very, like, just to go back to that, I, when I first approached them in about June last year and said, look, I, I've just won the Oceania Championships. I'm a really good chance for world champs and I might make the Olympic team the next year. Can we, can I go overseas again? Can I potentially take time off next year? Can I go four-day weeks? And they said yes to all of that. So I was in a good spot because I worked a really big year for them first and then I almost made a team. So they were um, they were then not very happy to assist. But I, mean, I think I was just I was, I was just fortunate the way the way it felt together last year. Um, the, the way I, I sort of I sort of I told them I think I'll make it and I did make it. So mm-hmm. I meant they were much happier to then give me four day weeks and support me this year. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just just sort of flag is you talk about, I keep saying it's all about balance. Part of that is the simple thing of you need to run in the morning some days and in the evenings other days or at lunchtime some days. You can't do all of one or the other. It's just finding what works. And for me, that's, I run home Monday night um, after work with a couple of mates, do a Tuesday morning session. Um, Wednesday, I'll run after work. Thursday, I'll run after work. And Friday, I'll do a lunchtime run with a few mates. Mm. And it's just and it's sort of the way that fits together is I've found what works for me with work. Um, other people prefer to do it all in the morning or all in the evening, and it's just what what can you handle, and also how long is your lunch break? Mm. How long is your lunch break? Um, it's interesting. I don't think I've actually got a lunch break in my contract, <laughs> uh, but um, but it's it's sort of the it's it's like, counterintuitively it's the good thing about a big, like a like a big commercial firm is that they because you work quite late a lot of the time they don't really mind if you take fair bit of time in the middle of the day because you know they know you were there late so I mean I'll, I'll regularly step out at midday and come back at 1.30 and do a do a long run or do a session in at lunch and no one really misses you I find as long as you're back by 2 mm-hmm. um, and no one minds because you then, then you know you're going to be there quite late getting your work done so I suppose it's just once they know you can get everything done they'll trust you to manage your own time quite well mm. I think um, the, the, the law firm in general has a reputation for just brutal hours and uh, well that from from people I've sort of met who are uh, so my best mate his, his girlfriend his wife is a, is a lawyer um, she walks me th- through some of the hours that she works and I go oh my gosh you know what I mean like you have to be a certain breed to be able to uh, relax and adjust and, and be happy with a, a, a workload like that is is that something that you've um, had to balance like even just switching off from the um, like the amount of work that there is actually to do in the law firm oh absolutely and I mean it, it's completely it's completely fucking cooked sometimes. Yeah, um, how much you got to do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I was, um, I mean, like for example, in November last year, I go in every Sunday for a month, um, and and I mean, it's um, 
and that and that's just a month. You just have to, you just got to get it done. Like, all right, you're always tired, and you just you just get what you can get done. But um, I mean, I think you just like like I keep saying, you, you find out what you can handle. Mm. And what I like about running is it gives me a complete way out of work. Like, I don't I don't have my phone. I don't have it. No one from there can contact me, so I can finish work, have an hour run, have a good chat with a mate, and um, completely switch off from it. And I like the way I like the way they complement each other. And the same token, I quite like the way that I can finish a session and go to work, and you're not thinking about your splits or what's coming up. You just—it's a nice way to 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 move your life. And so I like the way they um, I like the way they fit together, and I'm quite good at compartmentalizing things. Mm. It's like I'm at work, I'm at work. If I'm at, if I'm at home, I'm at home. If I'm running, I'm running. I, I don't feel the need for the crossover. So I quite I, I find that balance works. Yeah, works for me. That's but, but it is it, it is pretty cooked sometimes, and I'm 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 quite looking forward to going overseas to um, <laughs> to be to be a, to be a full time athlete with the boys and just just to train and race because um because I mean that's just so much fun. Like you're traveling, you're training, you're seeing new cities, you're seeing you're seeing you're racing in new countries. Um, and like for me, honestly, my um, my dream for years was just to was just to tr- have a, have a European season, and I get to have two in a row. Mm. You know what I mean? And like I made world champs, which was incredible. Like. Who knows what'll happen in Tokyo? But I get to go overseas and race again, and that's very exciting. What's coming? So mm. I'm um, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, it's it's so funny, man. Like I, I really I really enjoy um, just hearing that. I, I want to get back to you compartmentalizing the work that you do, but I just want to I'll put a flag in that. But uh, I was laughing the other day because I have been trying to organize a, a podcast chat with with Jen Lacaz, yeah, yeah, Jen Gregson, and uh, I called her the other day. She had a really quiet voice. She goes, "Oh, hello." I go, hey, sorry, Jenna's Tyson, you're right. She's like, yeah, yeah. It was about three o'clock. She's like, sorry, Ryan's just napping. Um, talking about, I was like, mate, like runners, this is it is the ultimate life. Like just being able to have a, a three p.m. nap um, and go away to Europe, travel, race, um, pretty much follow the summer when you're a track athlete. It's uh, it's such a good it's such a good sort of lifestyle. But um, but the reality is for so many people who are who are at a fun run level or running their first marathon or are just trying to improve from the stage that they're at to the next stage is. Um, unless you're in, uh, or unless you're on huge money, like you said, financial uh, the, the financial sort of limitations of the sport makes it makes it really tricky. So I think just uh, the fact that you are doing this balance is is something that's going to click with a, a lot of a lot of the listeners. Um, the compartmentalizing thing uh, it comes across when you speak. You sound like a very logical, um, very well thought out guy. Who's uh, I wish I had more of that. Where it was I could compartmentalize that, separate that. And not bring it here is—is is that something that's just a part of you by personality, or is that something that you've had to develop because you just—you've seen the benefits of being able to operate like that? I think it's a combination. Um, I mean, like I was saying to you before we, we actually put the podcast on, I my boss is like he runs a high volume practice team, like a commercial law firm. So when you have a chat to him, he expects everything to be you know simple and clarity. Like, no, I don't want to know your thought process. I don't want your background. I just want to know what is the question. So that's. I think that's had a really positive effect on the way I I think because like you're able to just cut to the point quite directly and, and explain something simply, and that's been something I've really had to develop in the last eighteen months since I've worked here. Whereas before that, you know, when you're a grad or when you're at law school, there's probably more of a focus on, you know, essentially rambling. Like you know, you're trying, you're speaking with a to a much greater degree of detail, and you're just explaining your thought process. And that that skill he's taught me of just keep it simple has been. Um, I think it's been really good for me, mm. and ironically, I think it's helped me. It's helped me a lot with bidders because I mean, in a to draw a slight parallel, he's he's managing 
and not large number of athletes. He's got a small amount of time. And when he, and when you do chat to him or do it, he wants things to be quite simple and straightforward. And just mm-hmm. being able to simply express yourself can really oh, help you. I was you. trying to figure out who Bitters was. Nick uh, Bidot, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, who's Bitters? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Nick Bidot, yeah, who's that is coaching me. So. Yeah, and he's, he, so he's quite a quite a direct kind of bloke when, you, when he deals well, with more, training Well, sessions. more I just, you, you, you just, I think when you are managing that many people, it mm-hmm. makes your life a lot easier when, when, when people can be simple and simple, 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 simplicity and clarity. Yeah, because um, it makes it makes it a lot easier to, to look after. Yeah, and have you got any have you got any little strategies that you actually apply? Um, I know meditation is a hot topic, and um, you know, there's I'm always really interested to pick the brains of, of everyone that I speak to about just okay, how do you how do you actually find balance and. Um, uh, as I said before, like that, that uh, I need to spend time with your boss because the specificity or whatever that you speak with is something that I struggle with. It takes me fifteen minutes to get to a question because I feel like I'm doing so much background work just to be able to get to it. Um, it didn't happen straight away. I had a, I had a few chats with him. He's like, "No, stop! I just come back when you got it straightforward." <laughs> it's so it's so funny, mate. He's my laughing and bloody blown up. Sorry, everyone's ears. Um, uh, we, can well, we can edit that out. Yeah, we can edit that out. We'll just turn it right down. Um, I always say I'm going to edit stuff out and I get too lazy and just post it. So I reckon this chick from uh, Level 6 is going to be on the podcast and you're also going to have your eardrums abused. Look, we'll, um, look we, haven't, we haven't gone too far yet. So, <laughs> um, Where was I going, man? I was talking about I ramble, you're to the point, mate, my wife would love it if I could just learn to, to just be direct because the amount of bloody waffle that goes on in our household just to get to – sorry, babe, I haven't done the dishes yet – is uh, is quite just. Is it a difficult thing to learn? Was it hard the first couple of months? Yes, it's a it's a very different way of um, way of thinking. Um, but I mean, it's just. I mean, you're a product of your environment. So I mean, I'm in a I'm in a team where that's. If you're going to chat to the to the top of the team, that's they don't have much time. So you've got to. I, I suppose it just means when you go and speak to someone, and I think I found this in, in law especially, people are a lot more willing to give to help you if you've clearly thought about the issue. Thought about, try to think about a solution, and you come to them with "this is my proposal," as opposed to coming to them and saying, "this is fucked." Or, yes. What can we do? And, and and so they almost they don't want to see your thought process. They don't want you to have, have clearly had a think about it and tried to help yourself first. I think people are much more willing to help others who have clearly already had a go themselves. And I mean, I, I think I, I remember I used to work in the, um, the library at law school when I when I was a student, and people had come to you who'd clearly tried to help themselves first. You just Subconsciously, you're probably ha- much more willing to help than someone who just said, "I can't find this. Where is it?" Yeah. So, um, so, I, so I guess part of it's a product of this, of this job, and part of it is is probably just start other other life experiences. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, that's what I was. That's what I was going to uh, sort of getting to with the uh, any practices and things that you have. So obviously, you're a product of your environment. You've learned it through there. Um, in, in terms of just, the, I know the amount of time that it takes to be an elite runner is is high. The amount of time that it takes to operate as a good lawyer is high. Like, what do you? Is there time for, for much on the outside of that? What are you doing in your spare time when you've uh, when you're not at work and you're not on the track? Well, you just. Um, I mean, I think that the, it's just it's just it's just sort of making quality, quality over quantity. I mean, you don't have that much time, so the time you have, you've got to ensure it's well. I mean, I um I spend some of my time with my girlfriend. I um I try and catch up with mates. I, I try and leave like one. I try and leave Tuesday evening free every week, mm-hmm. so that I can. Um, so I've always got an evening where I can catch up with friends if um if think if plans get made, and um, I mean you, you just try and try and enjoy your downtime on the weekends when you're not going to work. Mm. So I and I'm, I mean also I like to um I like to get back to my folks. My folks I'm from a um 
on a farm in northeast Victoria, trying to get back to see my folks and get out of Melbourne where I can, because I find that gives you a good chance to reset. Oh, nice. And just get out of the city. I see you're a farm boy. Um, well, yeah, I was there till I was like, finished school there, yeah. Gee, where, which part of Victoria is that? Oh, so on the, I mean, anyone who's been to Falls Creek, like you, you go through um, like, like Wangaratta and then Milford on the way, and they've got a farm just in that, in that area, in the King Valley. Man, I used to, um, my cousin, he's a, he's a bull rider at random. A bull rider? A, a bull rider, yeah. So he's, uh, he's, he's riding to his rodeo. And I, I still remember like 1999 going to Myrtleford for the, for the annual rodeo festival that they had up there. It was, Actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful part of the world though, man. It's not, so what, how have you found that adjustment? So you're, you're a city, you couldn't be more of a city boy right now. No, I um. I think I actually had a girl at work ask me, well, she, she had a guess about what school I went to and said something horrific, like scotch or something. <laughs> so I, um, I've, um, I've certainly not quite, you said, I mean, I've been only in Melbourne 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, your whole life's here now, all your mates are here, your, your girlfriend's here. So it, it does certainly, like I say, you're a product of the environment. Mm. Um, but I just, I just, I mean, you grow up in the country, you don't appreciate it till you leave. Um, but I'm lucky I get to go back on occasion and, um, and they've, they've still got the farm there. So it's, as you say, it's a beautiful part of the world to go back to. And it's got really awesome trails as well. Um, so I've got a, I've got like, I've got all the farm trails, and I've got um, like, um, like state pylon access roads as well. And I've so I've got like a twenty four k loop at home, oh, my long run, and lots of, lots of good hills. And, and that's um, all on trails. Yeah, and lots oh. of good hills and, and places to run. Mate, that's a runner's dream. When's uh, when's training camp going to be taking place up there? Well, I, I, um, I, I've gone back with the mates a few times on weekends, but um, I'll um, we'll see. Yeah, that's good, man. No, beautiful, beautiful, but no plans to get back into the country anytime soon. Then you've uh, you've got your foundation here now. Then no, no. I mean, if I wasn't running, I don't I don't know how how long I'd be in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But um, I I'll be in Melbourne for the stable future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that'd be good, man. It must feel like you're going home then when you get up to to Falls Creek. It was a bit of a shamble, bloody Falls Creek this year, wasn't well, it? Well, thankfully, I wasn't I wasn't going. Uh, I, I was always planning to stay in Melbourne and train, mm-hmm. partially because I've used up all my leave. Um, on, um, on overseas trips, so a, a Falls Creek training camp was probably would have was probably would have stretched too far. But um, I mean, it's just it's it's just um, I mean, I remember chatting to Dad in like November, and he just said the, the bush is that dry, and throw a match out, it'll blow up. Gee. And um, and I mean, it, it was it was always going to come. It was just a question of, of where and how bad. And it was um, it was pretty horrific from from all reports. So so how did your family go with the fires? Then like, um, it went too close for comfort. It right? missed them like six k. Oh, so it um, but it, it sort of it sort of jumped the valley near them and then went up into into the pines into the hills. So they they more had a fire near them for a week or two, which is a bit stressful. But they didn't actually they weren't ever directly under threat. Okay, so they, they weren't evacuated or they were evacuated one day and then they went back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back for a couple of days to help just get the place ready if it did come. But they, um, I mean, they've got a pretty good setup there. They've got, they've got, they had, they, they've had it come through before in 06 and they, and they were fine. Um, they've got like a sprinkler system over the whole property. Yeah. Um, and they've got, um, everything's cleared and it goes along around the place. So they're as ready as you can be. But if you get a bad day, I mean, you're, you, you're pretty cooked. Mm. So, um, it's just, I mean, I think in, in the time they've been there, it, um, it probably comes through every, probably comes through every five, every maybe 10 years it comes through. Is that right? On average, like you Definitely, it'll come through every fifteen. So it'll come through twice in the time you live there. Yeah, so it's just um, it's it's just the nature of being in the country in certain spots. Yeah. Okay. So how have they found the uh, the process, like the the running process that you're in, like the the idea of you know running in Tokyo this year would be something that's exciting not only to you as an athlete but to your to your family. Well, um, I mean, they came over to Doha and they they had a ball and they um they 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 love they love being there and had a got to go to the athletics every day and um, spent some great time with them. 
Um, my mum ran a 10th Melbourne Marathon last year. Oh, did she? So I, so I sort of got into it through her. She probably kicked my ass. Uh, oh, I mean, she was... Um, <laughs> it's funny, because I was... You talk about a blow-up, but I was I was watching mum's live splits, and she, she's run... I mean, she, she ran like 340-odd back when she was, you know, before kids, but um, but she, she ran 519, and um, she got she got to about 28K at about, about six and a half minute K pace. And, uh, and then really got ugly, and she had like a. I think she had. A, I think she had a eleven minute K's for five, for a five, for a five K stretch oh, yeah. from like thirty five to forty. And I'm, and I'm watching this live split coming and thinking, dear God. She's, so she, uh, she was a. It was her tenth. She um, she's a Spartan, but she. I don't think she'll do another one. Oh, dude, I so sympathise with her. I um, it was funny that that live split is uh, like a, a blessing and a curse because I had I had a few of my family members and, and a couple of my best mates down there cheering me on. And the first half, they were like, holy crap, Tice is in form, we didn't realise. And at about 22K, mate, the people on this podcast would be sick of hearing me talk about this, but um, it, it got ugly real, real quick. Uh, yeah, so far out, anyone. I, I totally I have a whole new appreciation for what hidden the wall is. Man, I'm, um, uh, we've, I can't believe, I just looked at the tie, I can't believe we've been talking for 45 minutes, the time flies when you're having fun. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, I'm always really interested as well in the, the strength component of running. Like a lot of people speak about the running component of running naturally, um, but do you are you spending much time in the gym and uh, spending much time just doing strength work to support? Yeah, I go I go twice a week. Yeah. Um, I I'm unfortunate. Oh, you're amazing! This, this, so the We're family some food. From yes, it's just, you guys are, you guys have made a hot little appearance on this podcast. Shit, sorry guys. And the, the fact that you just offered us chicken <laughs> is uh. There's like scraps of slow cooked beef, and then um, <laughs> so if you want some, you're welcome to help yourself. We just put the and onion. So it's off there. And onion as well, mate. Yeah. I'm going to do podcasting in this room way more often. Well, I didn't know this was on the agenda, so we've done well. Well, I had no idea either. Good job. Well, enjoy. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, it will be 15 more minutes or so. Oh, hey, thank you. Um, yeah, where, where were we? Um, oh, speaking about strength training. Um, so how good is that? Like the, I feel like that was almost a natural plug for the protein chicken. Just um, come through right. Look, it, it, it timed it well. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, I do it um, twice a week. Like after a Tuesday and a Saturday session, my, uh, I mean, the bloke who coached me before, uh, Nick, um, Nick Bowden. Um, I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he's got a business uh, run ready, which is pr- probably more focused on, um, like, on children's programs. Okay, but he's got a, um, he's also got like a, like a group with. Um, with a lot of like legit runners, including um, Whitney Sharp, who's racing the five k. Oh yeah, and um, we um, and he's got, he's got his own gym, and I, and I go there, and he he does my gym program Tuesday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and um, you sort of have different you go through different stages of emphasis depending on the type of the stage. Oh, oh, I'm not I'm not laughing. So this is uh, so we've just been off a chicken, and. He would have been seventy five. Yeah, no, no, quite an old fella. He's just tried to walk in the door from outside, and he's he's he just stacked it right right in front of. Him. I'm laughing because he's okay. Bloody hell! We're getting it, it, it was bad. Like, it was bad enough we stopped the podcast and went to check on him. It wasn't. A... <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! We got a, what have we got about? We got about ten more minutes. I'm gonna I want to keep talking to you, but uh, um, mate, let's try again. We're talking about the the strength component of your training. They look like they've settled out there now. Yeah, no, no more, no more interruptions for at least five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, str- I mean, strength. You mean so? I've started doing two days a week, like on on gym on session days. That's more a choice. Practically, the way my week fits together, it's easy to go on a Tuesday my day off post Tuesday session and go on a Saturday straight after 
the um, the hill session. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some people like to do all their gym on session days. Some like to do it on their easy days. And I think it's more what what work, what works for you. And uh, and I've just found two days a week is where I can always do it. Um, and that's that's how I have it together. And is that is that quite heavy work that you're doing in the gym, or like because um, one of the things that even even me who's been so involved in athletics for a long time. When I was competing, the gym component of my training was it was something I skipped over pretty regularly. Like I'd do a lot of body weight um, exercises, I'd stretch regularly, uh, but I don't think even though I was doing, it, I don't think I really appreciated the value that came with that. So, are you are you lifting heavy weights, or is it mostly body weight, or a combination? No, I'm, it's I, I'm lifting a bit, but it's 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 not. No, no one who knows me would say I'm, I'm anything but quite slight. So I wouldn't say I'm <laughs> I'm lifting heavy stuff. It's I mean a lot of it's. Um, a lot of it's quite steeple specific. We a lot of um, a lot of foot strength, like sort of steeple drills, and um, and so and a lot of it's just um, not quite balance work, but just just sort of but just just strength in different in different positions when you're just trying to get a lot stronger on like on on one leg or the other. Mm, okay. Um, <clears throat> before we before we wrap it up, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on the the steeple component. You touched on it just then. Um, like, what are the for for a steeple chaser? The I don't know what you would compare compare a 3k steeple to like the strength that you need for that maybe is a little bit closer to a 5k runner is it but uh, a lot of technique work and stuff or like people come people come at it from different from different ways mm. um some are really good 5k guys some are good 15 guys um some are just good at steeple and nothing else i think you just need to race a lot of them um and you need to do quite if you you need to do quite a lot of steeple specific work if you haven't done one before and you want to come and do one, because I mean I don't know if you've done one before when I was young, yeah, but it wasn't impressive. But most most people just just go and do. They're quite good. To say they've run quite a good three k and they plug that into the um, the data and they say well, that means I can run thirty five seconds slow with three k steeple. That's it. That'd be a really good time. And they do one and it's not that easy and they and they really struggle. But it's a sort of event that if I think you just need to do quite a number of them over a year or over a season or two, and you and you can get quite good at it. Mm. It's a hard event to just jump in one and. And do well. Mm. So it's it was a combination of, of race a lot of it, do quite a lot of hurdle drills and sort of specific work, more just on technique. Um, but honestly, I, I, a lot of it's just just race a lot of them and get fit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm now at the point I really don't do much steeple specific training anymore. I just like to race a couple because I find it's very hard to simulate the feeling in the last lap of a last k of a steeple in training. It's 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 much easier just to race a couple to get that feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I like to um, maybe the week before a race do maybe do a threshold or do an easy run and finish it with five water jumps. So five two hundred over a water jump where you're practicing going over fast, going over slow, and because because the, the water jump is the one thing that the first one you do in a race is quite a shock. So I think that's something that's quite good to work on your technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm also lucky that I I've always I'm right footed, but I've always jumped off my left, so I can I can. Do all my steeples on either foot. Oh, great! So when I go into a jump, I never really plan which foot I'm going to go off. I just go off whichever gets there first. Yeah. So that makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Sean Crichton said something to me. Uh, I think it was when I. I mean, he's, he's probably more of a more an expert than me. He's, I mean, he's he's the well, record. Far out, but I, it's uh, his career is done. I'm excited to see what your your final PB is because I reckon what it's 11 seconds. Um, yeah, it's 11 seconds. So well, it's definitely I'm, I'm not like, a I'm like nine time. He's, he's first. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things that he said to me that, that I can imagine is is uh, so valuable for a steeplechaser is um, 
he noticed a lot of the time a, a steeplechaser would be 20 metres out and they would start adjusting and start fidgeting and start trying to just manipulate their step and lose maybe, I don't know if it was a second or half a second or whatever, just in that lead-up. But the momentum that you would lose um, in the lead-up to that was was significant. So it wasn't just the half a second before you get to the hurdle. There was maybe another half a second just trying to readjust your stride after it. It's, it's very true. Like I always think you need to attack the water jump and it's, it's worth spending energy attacking it than losing energy then um, saving the energy from attacking it, but then then losing then losing momentum coming out of it. Like it's, so, attacking. I mean, some of the one of the most enjoyable things to do was clear the entire water jump plus the water. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you if you could do that. Uh, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other thing too is just it's very different doing a water jump when you're in the front than doing a water jump when you when you when you when you're stuck in the middle of a pack. Um, and, that, and that's a different that's a different score because you can't really pick your run up. You almost just need to just relax and sort of attack it very late. And, um, and I think that's one that's one good advice for when you when you first get into a steeplechase. It's, it's all easy to be in training just doing barrier work, but when you're in the middle of a pack doing barrier work and you don't see the barrier until quite late, that's a different skill. And it's just something you've got to get comfortable racing a lot to be comfortable in a pack. Mm. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, we'll um, when, when are you leaving for Europe? Uh, I don't know yet. I um, I, I, just, I haven't. I, I don't know yet. I, yeah, I, just, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm on. I'm on leave from the start of from after nationals from April, oh, so I, 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 I gather I gather it will be it will be in April May. Oh, you just can't do um, the days. But um, well, I'm just um, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna don't think I'm gonna do a third one of these these seasons. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, really? What you think this might be the last time that you head over to Europe? And I'm I'm not um I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, awesome. All right, yeah, very well. I feel like that's quite a political answer. I am. Well, it's also, it's also, it's also a case is you don't you don't quite know how far you can push the envelope of work. Yeah, sure, sure, that makes sense. Um, and considering that the uh, career as a lawyer is going to go probably forty years beyond your running career, it's probably a good move to make on your behalf. Well, it's it's just um, as I say, it's um, I'm excited to go to Europe and race this year. Um, I certainly don't think I'll be done after that, but I'm um, I'm not worried too much after that. Well, yeah. I worry about when I get back. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I'm really excited to watch the, uh, the progress of your season. I've, I've got you picked for this Olympic team. Mate, we've, um, we'll have to touch base later in the year once you're back from Europe. We'll see um, how I go on the 5K. I mean, if, if, I, if, that, if that's a shocker, I mean, we'll, um, we'll, see, we'll see how we go <laughs> next week. But I'm no, happy to chat again. <laughs>